0: Good morning, Tampa, folks, and welcome to Tampa Talk. It's September 9th, and this is your weekly roundup of all things Tampa. I'm John.
1: And I'm Dahlia.
0: And this is Tampa Talk. So what are we talking about?
1: Well, we got a lot of fun events happening this weekend. So there's the auto show going on at the convention center from starting today until Sunday. And then we have the Buccaneers' first regular season home game this Sunday. And so they're going to be obviously at Ray J Stadium, but there's going to be tons of different Uh, events throughout the tampa bay area like watch parties for the event and so american socials holds in some armature works um a lot of cool places to check out the game if you want to you know watch it with some friends or with the with the city um otherwise hollow scream also starts this weekend and so that'll be running through october 31st and you can get your tickets through bush gardens um i've actually never been to hollow scream i've never been to bush gardens but um (laughs) i really like like i've been to like similar events at other amusement parks and uh, I might actually check it out. out They they
0: do a really good job. It gets slammed. So I live right next to Bush gardens. And so uh, when they, they do some of these really big events, I'm always like, man, it's going to be tough to get in and out sometimes Mm. it'll be packed, but definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then in some other event news type news, I'm a local Tampa artist known for his murals, uh, Tez one, which if anyone knows where that comes from, I was interested to know the meaning behind that, um, moniker. Is that what it's called? Like a little, that's
0: a, that's a fine. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, but he's going to be hosting an art show over at the Maureen art center in St. Pete. And that starts this Saturday from five to 8 PM is like their kickoff. Um, and then it will go through, um, the month and into October, Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, so like regular hours.
0: I'm so excited about this. Test one, I didn't even know, I mean, I, I've i known for a long time he was a Tampa artist, but I actually ran into his art, I mean, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, a long, long time ago. I remember, like, being one of the, I had it as a wallpaper on every early computer I had. I was just so obsessed with this guy's work. It's just such a, a beautiful combination. It reminded me of the old, like, art, a lot of Art Nuevo style, and then, like, but he would like work in like circuit boards with these pictures of women's hair and all these things. And this dude is just incredible. And then over the years, you've seen more and more of his murals popping up around Tampa, the old art museum, kind of downtown. And so, yeah, I've just been watching this dude for forever and really looking for, hoping to connect with the guy. And now seeing he's doing this art show that actually spans all of his work through his entire career because he's been he's like thirty years in I, I, something like that, right? Yeah,
1: I think he's like in his thirties or in his thirties or forties, and he started when he was like. 14. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. tells like stories of like yeah. running
0: around as a kid with spray cans and stuff. So like really excited to uh, check that out. So uh any of y'all want to go, hit me up. I'm I'm definitely uh making a plan to get over there at some point. I'm glad it's we got a little a little window of time to make it happen though.
1: And what's really cool too is his daughter is going to be featured in the exhibit as well. So his 9-year-old daughter is going to have art pieces that he's like facilitated that's amazing. there as well. Yeah, that's I think that's amazing. super fun. Um, another event news piece that is this um this weekend over or sorry, next weekend in Tampa Bay, a local organization called the Tampa Bay Tigers Club is going to host a kind of book club discussion on the new book uh The Cuban Sandwich: A History in Layers. Mm. And so I think this is really fun. The Cuban sandwich is obviously famous in Tampa. And knowing a little bit about the history of the Cuban sandwich, I can imagine this talk being really, really interesting. And so that's happening at the Cuban club um, on September 16th. And it's $25 a ticket if you're a member of the Cuban club and $35 if you're non-member. So, you know, if you're really interested in the history of Tampa might be a really cool event to check out.
0: Yeah. And also the, the, so they are discussing, I mean, the, the, there is the book, the Cuban sandwich um, and the, the, I guess the authors are there part of the discussion. And so uh, you can also, we linked in the, in the email, you can go find the website or look at the event page and you'll be able to go to where the book is available as well. I'm uh, going to be ordering a copy of my own. You'll probably see it in an upcoming, uh, newsletter that goes out under a uh, read a book, but I'm excited to dig into this book myself. It's a, it will be a really interesting kind of Tampa history. Um, so yeah, really excited about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, In other news, we have uh, Joel Jackson was recently is the, sorry, a center was named after Joel Jackson. And so it's a nature center at Lettuce Lake Park, which if you haven't been to is an awesome park. Admission to the state parks in Florida is like two bucks for a vehicle. So super affordable. And this nature center that's going to be at Lettuce Lake is going to be named after this gentleman. And he essentially served the county for 23 years and the city for 17. And so... He is known, and the reason that he was is being this building is being named after him is because he was um basically a huge advocate for the parks bond program, which essentially established the upper tampa bay trail lettuce lake Mar- lettuce lake park and alderman's Ford, really? three really big like pillar state parks in this area he also was adamant ag- adamantly against the dredging of the Tampa bay area mm. um in order to like you know they drain Florida is what people famously hear, but he really uh preserved that land and so apparently he was very surprised and wasn't expecting this naming that's awesome um, which i think is really cool someone who dedicates their life to a cause super humbly and then is rewarded for that uh, regardless so if you have him into lettuce lake park definitely check it out nature centers are always fun ways they have like their state parks kids activity books and usually have a lot of good information about local wildlife and flora and other fauna and stuff like that so Take go head over to Lettuce Lake and celebrate Joel Jackson's you know career alongside this new nature nature center.
0: There's um you know there was a this is kind of in some other another thing I saw in the news this week. There was a cyclist who's done all this riding around, but like the the headline was awesome. Bicyclist says while Tampa Bay infrastructure isn't great, it's yeah. not the worst.
1: <laughs> I saw this, but like. I don't know if their points are really valid in there, you know. I think it's pretty bad if you look at the things that they point to. Um, like one is the the bike lanes over in Bayshore being three, four feet. I feel like the Bayshore ones are the biggest ones I've seen, one. And then two, um, you know, there's tons of places where the bike lanes just stop, right? I was talking to somebody That's the other right. day. It, it happens sh- a lot. Yeah, they just don't continue. And so now you're in the middle of a five-lane highway.
0: Well, in our area, you know, has one of the highest pedestrian fatality rates. And it is, I mean, in the in the country, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's something Tampa, Hillsborough County, the area has been needing to work on for some time and is working on mm-hmm. that kind of infrastructure. I mean, even now we have a couple protected bike lanes downtown, like little by little. I know the city has been – I actually was at a meeting downtown at one of the city centers with a bunch of, like, local – um, cyclists and a- act- activists for this kind of transportation stuff, and then we had a there was a kind of a consultant the city's working with on this kind of stuff, um, but tons of work to be done there as well. Of course, his rider has been all over the world and highlights some really great cities, and says like here's places that have really done it right, uh, but also saying you know there are worse places.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean. Sh- there's always and better, there's like, always worse, right? Is that our positive
0: news? You're yeah. not the worst.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Tampa does do a really good job of recreational bike trails. So, you know, you have the Upper Tampa Bay Trail. Tampa Bay, you have the Pinellas Trail. Like, there's a network of trails that are pretty much connected to one each other. Like, you can almost get from Tampa to, you know, Dunedin yeah. on a bike trail. Yeah, that's right. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I think I mean, city-wise, they need some work to do. And they Absolutely. pointed to some really good examples I'm going to call it out. It's Vancouver, Canada. Um, (laughs) And it's actually where my sisters sisters live. And so it's phenomenal. Like the bike infrastructure there is phenomenal. And I would love to see something. And it's a very similarly built city in the sense that it's, it borders a body of water. So the bike, um, like there's roads that are just bike access, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then in other news, in the Tampa City Council has enacted the tenants' bill of rights. So they passed a vote, and so we mentioned this I think a while back, but it's officially in place. Um, honestly, I think it's it's great that it passed, but I wish it had more of an impact. Like it's
0: minimally. Yeah. It's like wow,
1: that's the least you
0: could do. Yeah, <laughs> in exactly. Terms of the rights
1: and the fines aren't really like that um, steep. Steep, yeah. So, like, I think it's $75 for the first offense, which is a sum of money, but... Which
0: an offense would be, like, not telling you
1: in advance that
0: you need to leave, basically. Because yeah. it's, like, what do you need, like, 30 days notice or yeah. something like that? Like, of course I need 30 days notice yeah. if I'm going to lose my place or not be renewed or something like that.
1: Yeah, so 75 bucks. I don't know if that would really stop someone from doing
0: the uh, right thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, right. And especially if I'm going to be able to mark this up or sell it to someone yeah. where I'll be possibly getting that every month in yeah. my rent. Try um, like... Yeah, yeah. It, it is It is a, a little bit of a box being checked for saying we're, we're doing something. But I also do think they're not able to do much more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was reading a little bit about that and how the state legislator really limits what they're able to do. But, you know, I know people whose rent went up $750. Yep. So yeah so I me mean, it's step one, right, and hopefully um it can lead to more awareness of It this sounds issue.
0: good and makes a good headline, yeah oh bill of rights for uh for tenants and yeah. um when you when you look at the rights, though they're kind of like, of course, <laughs> of course we should yeah. treat each other at least that
1: well mm-hmm. um but some articles that we put out there to, this week that you might want to check out um one was a down-the-rabbit-hole called The Sovereign Individual. And this one was a little bit long. So, John, do you want to give us some of your cliff notes the best you can?
0: Well, um, yeah. So I'll just say this. This is actually not something that we wrote. I'm a subscriber to the, the Bankless newsletter. So Bankless is a phenomenal kind of podcast on um, Web3 stuff. focuses mostly on the Ethereum, but they, they deal with all of these different things. And they actually – this they, in their newsletter, um, they had this – this dude uh Alex I believe was his name that put he wrote this um he wrote this article called the sovereign individual goes crypto so the sovereign individual is actually a reference to a 1997 book that is uh kind of a, a favorite among like the old cypherpunks and it's, it's kind of a cult classic, but it really predicted a ton of moves that we've seen from digital cash, mobile phones with touchscreens, global pandemics affecting world politics. And so they, this, uh, this author said, Hey, let's look at this today. And they actually like, then looked at a book that recently came out, one that we're actually – even tonight we have – or last night, I'm sorry. We had a uh, – we had our a book discussion. We've been reading through uh, Bologi's The Network State, and we put that in a few of our last newsletters like on Read a Book. But they actually say The Network State is kind of a uh, – like a new release version of the sovereign individual. Like it's an updated mm-hmm. – because all of that preceded crypto – and so now with the advent of kind of cryptocurrency being integrated into this, these, um, this idea of the sovereign individual, which really is the sovereign individual is kind of like a a libertarian hero. It's about like freedom and inclusion. So I, I, I can't say a whole lot more because it really, this, this gets into like these ideas also like some politics, also some like really just philosophical ideas um, and just kind of moves toward like, what does freedom look like? What does inclusion look like in this kind of new brave new world we're entering into one that was really um let's say foreshadowed a lot by uh, books like the sovereign individual that kind of predicted a lot of what we're seeing today so sovereign individual network state both really incredible books to look into um but we just literally copied it from the newsletter pasted it over credit to them um and then by the way you should subscribe to the bankless newsletter really a a, a great um, source of information and ideas
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I believe I first came across the text, The Sovereign Individual, on Vitalik's post. And so I think he Mm -hmm. mentions it there as well. So if you follow, I guess you don't have to follow Vitalik, it's his website, but it looks like just like a blog. Um, You'll find reference to that same book there as well. The other thing, the other article that we put out this week was an organizational spotlight. And so this week we spotlighted locally grown. And this is a really cool. These are two Tampa women. They both worked in Hillsborough County schools as nutritionists. And then they launched this locally grown nonprofit and actually received a pretty hefty USDA grant to implement this work. And so um, essentially what they're trying to do is bring the local the food system to a more localized centric place and then connect the school system to that so Mm. how to get healthy options into schools that are local and so that you know promoting our farmers building relationships with those farmers and um really tying in things like gardening and nutrition so that it's a little bit closer to home for students because it's a really hard leap from school i think it sounds easy on paper but You know, when you think about how to make this culturally appropriate, how to make it accessible, how to make it um, accepted, right? It gets a lot more difficult. And hopefully these two women are able to, and their team, of course, are able to really um, move that needle. So I'm looking forward to it. I know that I um, was invited to sit on their little planning committee that they're hosting, or forums, I guess is a better way to say it. And I look forward to working with them because having worked with them in the past, they're pretty, pretty bright individuals. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's all we have for today. Um, a few announcements before we go here, we share the link to Arthur's fundraiser on uh, our blog. And so if you got the newsletter today, you'll see it linked there. You can also find it on Facebook. But again, Arthur is a little dude, um, who is raising money for the well in the form of a Halloween fundraiser, which he does every year. And so help him reach his goal. I think we just got to 10% of his $5,000 yeah. goal. Yep. So he actually released the theme of the, um, the fundraiser, the Halloween theme essentially. Yeah. So it's, uh, go check that out. Um, otherwise we have, we're hiring. So if you know a bike mechanic, uh, we're looking for a bike mechanic over at the University Mall Well-Built Bike Store. So, somebody preferably with experience, but it doesn't have to be. We're open to training and kind of onboarding someone into that role. Um, Most importantly, really understanding the social mission of what we do. Um, We're also hiring over at the Kinship Free Market. And so, we're looking for an operations manager to fill this role. Somebody with experience driving large vehicles, managing kind of like warehousing mentality. Um, And yeah, we're excited to bring on new staff to help us, you know, fulfill some of our mission here. So, please help us spread the word about this show and the word on the streets newsletter. Join us on Discord, which you can access through our website at wellbuilt.city. And unfortunately, no more Will on Sports.
0: Will Will, Will is still Will is still watching plenty of sports. Uh, but Will has been a little inundated lately and is not able to make the <laughs> updates for us. If there's anyone out there that thinks they can fill his shoes and wants to take a stab at the Tampa uh, sports update, we would we would be open to hearing from you. Uh, but in the meantime, boo Will. Uh, but Will, <laughs> seriously, thank you for all of the updates that you did do with us. They were awesome. You're really good at it. And we hope you return.
1: All right. Well, that's what we're talking about, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Until next time, y'all be good.